listening to the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Hi and welcome to My Pet Podcast. I'm Beck and I'm joined by uh, the Vet and Pet Direct resident vet, Dr. Glenn. Hello. So in this episode, we're going to discuss bones. In more particularly, why bones are good or bad for your dog. Mm-hmm. Bones, some people say they're bad, some people say they're good, but they're actually, uh, I guess the answer is both are right. Both, <laughs> yep, absolutely. So, uh, before we get started, though, I've got to cover our little, you know, legal stuff. So, uh, this is just general information, may or may not be suitable for your, your pet, so please seek advice from your vet if um, need be, if you've got any questions. Sounds good. Okay. So, Glenn, let's talk about bones. Um we have got – there's many bone options, basically. Yes. <laughs> so, any animal's bones could potentially be eaten by a dog. Is that yeah. correct? Yes. Okay. So And cat. And ca- oh, yeah. Of course, forgetting the cats. Yep. They eat them a little bit little, though. Yes. <laughs> so, what are positives of feeding your pet bones? Uh, they enjoy it. They do enjoy it. Yeah, in they general. They quite relaxed, don't they? Yeah, it's um, it's a pretty good mental stimulus mm-hmm. for them, I think. I mean, if you want to think of your little – dog as a wolf in disguise essentially (laughs) Um, which they are and I mean most domestic dogs are a fair way um, removed from their from their wolf genetics um, to some extent but look I mean if you've ever given your dog a nice raw meaty bone um, you look at that um, dreamy look on their face once they've settled down and they're really getting stuck in and and having a good gnaw on it I mean it's you know it's usually pretty relaxing for them I mean some pets if they've never had bones before, I mean, it can be really bloody exciting, and and yeah. um, and we'll talk about you know, how to feed bones and all that sort of thing later. But it's um, you know, it, in general, it is um, a normal part of their evolution, in my opinion, and um, they can certainly derive some mental benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it takes up a fair bit of time if they've it got a, a reasonable meaty bone, depending so on which, which which one it is. Yeah, it feels a boredom, but I mean, it's 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 getting them a, a reset, like it's a it's a relax, and again. Um, we'll talk about single dog and multi dog households yeah. and all that sort of thing. But um, yeah, in my opinion, like there's a there's it's not just a uh, a nutritional thing. It's it's there's a, a mental um, clarity that, that comes it's come, really comes nice, with them. Actually. Yeah, look, it's <laughs> it's good and, and it's something that you know, and you can achieve sometimes a similar sort of thing through you know various pet. Food, (laughs) pet pet food devices and toys that you fill up with food and all that sort of thing, but it's still not quite the same as Mm -hmm. as chewing on a a raw meaty bone that they can, you know, chew bits and pieces off and and eat it and then Mm. keep chewing and eat some more. Yeah. So there's a few other positives to giving your dog a bone, though, too, isn't there? Yeah. Really good for their teeth. Good for their teeth. Um, And again, depends on bone selection, et cetera. But I mean, if you ever look at a dog that's eating um, a nice raw meaty bone that's suitable for them, um, they'll spend a fair bit of time doing it. Um, depending on the bone shape and size, they'll use different sections of their mouth. You know, yeah, so they might be pulling with those front teeth, pulling with the front teeth and sticking the their foot on it, and, yeah. and you know, tearing yeah. at it, sort of thing, and, and exercising those front teeth and and you know, scraping up underneath the gums and yeah. getting rid of bacteria and that sort of thing. Um, and then the molars, you know, the, the chewing teeth down either Crunching side, ones, um, yeah. the ones that um, that do sort of most of the work essentially. But yeah, look, it's good for um, strengthening their uh, tooth connection to the body and that sort of thing so like the little ligaments yeah too, the jaw so and the exercise. muscles and that sort of thing so there's some an exercise portion to it there but mm-hmm. but certainly it's a, a significant mechanical cleaning effect yeah. um, for the teeth and it helps to keep bacteria at 
Bay and mm-hmm. um, dental plaque and tartar at bay, yep. and that's really important as far as um, health goes. And it's the same for cats. I mean, if you've got a, a chicken neck, chicken wing, mm-hmm. like a suitable bone for a cat, um, my old, old boy, 22 years old, he loves his chicken wings nearly every day, um, and he sits he there. He's got anchovies too, doesn't he? He's got his anchovies yeah. and pilchards and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, he's got five teeth left. He's got his <laughs> his four canine teeth, which yeah. we've preserved, and he's got one molar down the back. Um, <laughs> but he's sits there and sticks his foot on it and, and rips them apart and yeah he um he, he enjoys it and and look I mean he's an inside cat and we've got a little um annex on the on the side of the house where they've enclosed in there um so you know if he's not getting his bone he's just sitting around on the bed lying yeah. there sleeping doing not much a lot yeah. of the time um but when he's getting his chicken wings regularly he's up at you know nine o'clock walking backwards and forwards pacing around waiting for when it's going to yep. come and then when it arrives he'll be out there for you know a couple of hours chews on it a bit and then it? sits down and cleans himself off and yep. goes and has a drink of water and thinks about it for so a while and goes back and has so some more much more mental stimulation yeah absolutely yeah so yep. much to it for well, yep. i guess it takes him a bit longer he's got less teeth. yeah and, i mean it's it's exercise it's, it's nutrition and mm. it's um and it's good for the teeth. Yep. Yeah. So on that nutrition, what are the positives of it for nutritionally for your pet? Yeah. Again, depending on the sort of bone. I mean, if it's um, edible bone, so it's you know they can chew off the cartilage and, and crush up the bone if it's of suitable um, size and texture for that. There's there's plenty of minerals in it. I mean, there's cartilage on the end of the bone, so there's a, a benefit there for the building blocks for your cartilage. I mean, a lot of your joint supplements have got glucosamine and chondroitin, so that's um that's you in know, your bone. essentially yeah in your bone on the cartilage especially. Yep. So you know. If you're eating chicken necks, chicken wings, or you know the the end of um, jointed bones, mm-hmm. there's there's plenty of um, the building blocks for stuff there. But it's also you know there's lots of minerals and um, proteins and collagen mm-hmm. in there, which is important for you know, joint function and yep. and muscle health and and ligament health and all that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah, so they you know they're, they're pretty nutritious. And at the end of the day, like if you're a, you know, a growing puppy or a growing kitten mm-hmm. and you're trying to grow bones, it makes sense that if you're eating bones, well, that's you know a fairly um, good. Building block block source. Yeah. So I guess with every positive, especially in the bone situation, there comes some negatives. Yeah. I mean, look, there's – we'll go through what the the potential Mm -hmm. um, drawbacks are. Nothing in life, in my opinion, is completely <laughs> risk-free, and, and that's you know sometimes it comes down to um, okay, what's the potential benefit and what's the potential yeah, um, side effects or, or negatives, and um, okay, how can I mitigate most of the negatives as, as much yeah. as possible? That's that's um, that's an important discussion as well. And a lot of these negatives that we'll talk about, um, you can control to a certain degree by either your bone selection or preparation, or yeah, absolutely. So, um, as we said. Bones are good for their teeth. Unfortunately, some bones can actually be bad for their teeth. Yeah, look, and I mean... The first drawback, basically, or the first negative is, okay, don't give cooked bones of any sort ever to any dog or cat. Yep. Um, I mean, that's a pretty easy... Um, line to draw. Yes. <laughs> um, there's a small grey area when it comes to smoke bones and that sort mm. of thing. Like, I mean, raw is raw. Um, smoke bones, yes, they're not necessarily high pressure or high temperature cooked. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, to me, that you're changing the, um, the, protein structure the bone matrix mm-hmm. um and the digestible digestibility of it and, and i've certainly seen um dogs that have had um constipation troubles with cooked bone which we'll which we'll talk about um that have been smoked bones so yeah i'm not a fan of the the, okay. the pet smoked bone yep. um side of things so raw, so bo- raw. raw bones only ever yep. um yeah so our as we said that the bones can sometimes damage their teeth they're good 
occasionally. Yeah, and again, that's more so bone selection. And, and the complicating thing is, I suppose, okay, um, when you're talking about cats, I mean, they're all a similar size. I mean, kittens yeah. are smaller than, than adult cats, obviously, but they're all you know similar size and your bone selection for um, cats are, are sort of going to be confined to um, definitely chicken necks and chicken wings and, and parts of um, chickens. Um, I mean, the tips of turkey um, wings are probably still in the limits of, of, um, of a lot of cats. Um, definitely, like, beef... Um, Bones are more limited for cats, just yeah. size-wise. But you know, lamb rib bones that yeah. are raw, pork rib bones that are poor, that that are um, raw, that sort of thing, that would be fine. Um, you know, your pilchards and anchovies and and mm-hmm. um, raw meaty fish mm-hmm. um, to to gnaw up on would be fine as well. Dogs-wise, yeah, the bones that you're going to give to a three kilo two hour is going to be a lot different to a, a sixty kilo mastiff, that's for sure. Which makes sense; they've got a different um, crushing ability with the jaw. Yeah, absolutely. Power. I mean, it's just the, the mouth size. Size, power, um, you know, conformation comes in as well. I mean, a lot of these brachycephalic, like short-faced dogs mm-hmm. and little pugs and, and Frenchies and that sort of thing, I mean, their um, chewing potential is is going to be less and the type of bones that they can, you know, deal with and, and have mm-hmm. are going to be different to a, a longer um, snouted um, or a normal snouted dog, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, bone, as far as teeth damage goes, if you're – feeding um and we probably should talk about um nutritional bones and recreational bones um so nutritional bones any soft bones tend to be non-weight bearing bones of both birds and and other um animals like sheep and pigs and and Mm -hmm. cows Um, non-weight bearing bones just Mm -hmm. because the the bone structure tends to be less hard Mm -hmm. yep um your recreational bones i mean definitely your old dinosaur bones like your um cattle leg bones like the old you know soup bone marrow bone sort of stuff um most of those uh, too hard for dogs' teeth in the long term, mm-hmm. as in if they, um, you know, they usually go for the meatiest bit and the, and the softest bit first, yep. um, because that's the easiest bit that they can get some um, get some food yep. out of essentially. Um, but if they keep chewing, keep chewing on those bones, you know, there's there's plenty of dogs out there that have um, fractured their molar teeth down the back, yep. um, chewing on bones that are essentially too hard. Mm-hmm. And that comes down to you know, when you're feeding them and how you're feeding those bones. So you know, if you've got those style bones that you're feeding your dog, I mean, definitely, you know, on a day that you're home when you can supervise them and, and it's just, you know, an hour or two or if you know your dog, you know, how um, robustly and, and quickly they can chew stuff up, um, it might be less time than that. But it's it's definitely, okay, here's your bone for a limited amount of time and then I'm going to pick it up and throw it away. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. it's supervised. And look, realistically, um, there's a, a pretty good good idea as far as you probably should be supervising um, your pets nearly regardless of what sort of Uh bones they are because you know there is a small incidence of you know particularly dogs that probably aren't used to eating bones Uh like just trying to gulp them Um, and yeah and that depends on your dog's personality Uh um, and some breeds are more prone prone than others I mean Labrador's trying to inhale whatever they can can, and and, um, I call them bullhead dogs I mean like (laughs) your your bull terriers and and some of your staffies and some of your mastiffs I mean just try and just get stuff in Um, but there's you know plenty of little dogs do the do the same thing with, with relative bone size so um if you're doing it regularly it sort of becomes less exciting sort of thing mm-hmm. um but definitely supervising um and if you've got a dog that is a gulper okay do you just go you know big enough that um the bones can't be you know tr- attempted to be swallowed yeah. in one hit sort of thing um but usually once they're used to them i think they they sort of get their heads around okay i don't have to just try and swallow the whole thing but it's okay to take my time and the other thing to probably consider, um, you know, multi-dog households, mm-hmm. um, 
bones are really, really important for dogs, as in mm-hmm. um, they think they're really high value. Yeah. Um, so you know, um, <laughs> I always advocate you know, supervising pets at dinner time and that sort of thing and separating food bowls yeah. and that sort of thing. You know, you could have dogs that are happy to have their food bowl six feet apart, but you give them a bone six feet apart, it's a different story. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there, it can be a point of conjecture um, in some households where, okay, you know, because they're high value, they're, they're more likely to get grumpy at each other and that might be just a little bugger off warning growl or something or, or it could, you know, be open warfare mm-hmm. potentially. So um, separating dogs um, when they're having their bones mm-hmm. is probably a good idea because um, you, know, you might give them at different ends of the yard but then, you know, five minutes later one dog tries to go over to the other dog, right. oh, I've got my bone in my mouth but I'm going to try and steal your That's bone right. as well. That's always one, isn't Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, and just, yeah, that separation is probably a good idea, whether it's someone's inside and someone's outside or someone's in the garage. And, again, you're controlling the situation so you can pick up whatever's left um, of those bones that are, are, are too hard for them to chew on. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I suppose as far as supervision goes, I mean, again, bones are of high value, um, always in, like in a family. I love how you're saying high value. It's like they're doing little deals in the I'll swap you two yeah. packets of cigarettes for a bone. That's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, you know, children and toddlers and that sort of thing. Um, if your dogs, again, you know, happy for people to be around while they're eating their regular food, um, they may be less happy for, for people mm-hmm. to be, you yeah. know, close to them, um, when they've got bones. So just, you know, keep that in mind. And, and, um, if you've got, you know, little ones that haven't got appropriate reading of dog body languages yeah. and that sort of thing, um, I mean, that's a, an important part to, to think about. Okay. You know, can my dog safely, um, and happily, you know, chew on his bone for his, you know, the time that he's allowed to have it um, or until it's eaten um, without being threatened by uh, any other pets or, or any people essentially. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. Um, what about the bones like getting stuck in their mouth? And, I mean, I've, I've seen it once. Where it, where it like wedged in them. Oh yeah, it's it's not it's not uncommon. I see, I don't know, probably one every couple of months, mm-hmm. I suppose, where they where they you know they're there for long enough that they're presented to the to the clinic, um, yep. and sometimes they can be stuck there for you know ten or fifteen minutes, and the dog's uncomfortable, and it's yep. sort of you know, trying to yep. dislodge it with its tongue. Yep. Circle. <laughs> start videoing podcasts, obviously. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, it, look, at, extremely rarely does that cause you know problems other than the old one you need to sedate to, to get to it get out, out. Um, A, because it's uncomfortable and B, I don't like sticking my hand in there sometimes <laughs> when, it, when it's uncomfortable and you know, I've seen bones that have been stuck in dog's mouth for a couple of days. And they go um, a bit manky. They go a bit manky and yep. it's uncomfortable and, and you know they can be pushing up against the gum line and yep. that sort of thing. They tend to get lodged either um, the, across the roof of the mouth, like be, yeah. between the teeth, so yep. wedged that way, but also um, some of the probably lamb shanky sort of <laughs> bones or sometimes brisket like your beef rib bones. Um, they get stuck lengthways along mostly the top jaw, but okay. sometimes the bottom jaw sort of and, and a line um, sort of along the teeth. Yeah. Um, again, it's not that common. It's not you know it's not life threatening or anything yeah. like that. But you know, obviously, if it, obviously your dog it's uncomfortable, yeah. and, and that probably comes to the the supervision side of things as well. And you know, if you're giving your dog bones and they're you know looking a bit funny and licking their lips and mm. and you know something's not comfortable, um, you know it, it can happen. Um, and I'm not 
going to say that it can't happen, but um, it's probably not particularly um, problematic. I mean, you know, choking on bones happens as well. Yeah. Um, and again, it's uh, a relatively low likelihood, but I mean, there's, there's definitely, you know, dogs that have, have, you know, had fatal troubles from. So just a little bit of the bone dislodges oh, go it, down the No, line. it's mostly the ones that, like the gulpers that, yeah. um, you know, you've got a 20 kilo dog and tries to, and it's a little bit sort of bone selection. I'm not a big mm. fan of, um, like sawn beef neck bones and okay. those sort of things like where they're circular yeah they're circular and they look like shuriken stars sort of things yeah. like they've got little bony spurs coming oh, out yeah, of them yeah. and and just size wise again it depends on the type of um like size of dog you've got if they have had um, i can remember two um mastiffs um not far apart that did the same thing and and it lodged at the back of their throat so behind the tongue uh, mm-hmm. it was too big to get any further but it was up the back of their throat and they were having you know significant respiratory mm. um, difficulties because you've got a big lump of bone and meat yeah, stuck in the course. back of your throat um and it's a you know anesthetic and then remove mm-hmm. it and, and everything worked out okay um but it's this risk reward sort of things yeah. that, that we were talking about i mean as I said, like I see a bone stuck in a dog's mouth every couple of months. Um, yep. I have a, you know, a dog with potentially life-threatening, you know, choking troubles. I think I've had probably three in 20 years. Yeah, um, so. I mean, I don't see the ones that, you know, pass know. away yep. and expire at home sort of thing. And, and I think that's, you know, pretty limited numbers, but yep. it, but it can happen. Um, you know, I see a couple of dogs a day that have got chronic health issues from crappy teeth. That's, you know, that's right. You so know, they've been, you know, if you've got rotten teeth and, you know, literally, you know, a couple of days that have got, you know, either you know, secondary heart troubles or kidney yes. troubles from crappy teeth, but also, I mean, rotten teeth that are rattling around your head and, and loose tooth roots yep. and stuff. I mean, that's bloody painful as it well. It is painful, yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's, that, it's the risk-reward sort yeah, of thing. weighing up your pros and your cons. Yeah. And guys, there's a lot more pros to feeding bones. There is, yeah. And look, I mean, the, yes, there's other options as far as, you know, it's raw meaty bones aren't the only way that your teeth can um, be mechanic, mechanically yeah. t- cleaned. Um, and, you know, there's a, a myriad of um, like dental treats and dental yeah. chews and, and all those sort of things, which um, are definitely better than not using mm-hmm. dental treats and dental chews. And, and look, there's uh, individual indications where, um, you know, on veterinary advice, if you've got a, a dog that has had pancreatitis or multiple mm-hmm. bouts of pancreatitis, which is um, a predisposition to inflammation in the pancreas that mm-hmm. can be caused sometimes by fatty um, fatty meals. I mean, yeah, bones, you know, if they've got marrow in them or yeah. if they've got fat on the outside, I mean, they're not low, um, they're not low fat. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, raw meaty fatty bones or raw meaty lean bones aren't suitable for, for some pets. They have the potential to cause those problems. Yeah, I mean, if, if they're prone to them potentially, yep. um, and again, depends on what else is in their diet. Are they on yep. a you know, high-carbohydrate diet that's yep. already, you know, they're already fat um, and their yep. pancreas is under strain and, and you know a, a single fatty meal like licking um, half a cup of marrow out of a bone that's like the, the bones that the big bones that are split down the middle yeah. and exposing that bone marrow like that's easy pickings so and, it's and like a spongy if you've ever looked at one it's like that's it, what they call the spongy part of your bone. Yeah, it's a whole bit in the middle. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, the, and the dogs the, will go for that first. Yeah, it's, tastes great. It's a cup of fat. Tastes yeah. good. Fat tastes good. And it's easy for them to get out. Yeah, they just lick it out. Yeah, um, so right. and it's not even like the 
there's a spongy part of the bone further towards the end of the bones, but yes. I mean they're hollow. They're the hollow middle. in the middle essentially, mm. but it's full of bone marrow, which yep. is which is you know eighty percent fat. Um, so if that's exposed, yeah, you can have a twenty kilo dog that <laughs> eats a cup of fat in five minutes, um, right. and that if they're prone to pancreatitis is not a good thing. No. Um, and yeah, that's you know I, I don't like those split down the bone mm-hmm. marrow bones for for that reason. So you know if you're getting them, you can run a spoon down that and, and mm. you know scoop, scoop it all, scoop it out in, in ten seconds, and and then your dog's got you know the bit of fat that's left, but it's not the it's not the half of half a cup of fat sort of thing. So pancreatitis is, is you know potentially an issue where okay you, you maybe not going to feed um, raw meaty bones or introduce them really slowly, mm-hmm. and you're going to use something like you know greenies or Oravet or you know a heap of yeah. different sorts of dental um, treats that can be that can be better and yeah. and um, and mitigates that as a mm-hmm. as a risk factor sort of thing. Look, some dogs just don't tolerate raw meaty bones yeah. as in um and again it depends on probably how you transition them into it like if okay. you've they've never had a raw meaty bone then you give them a stack of raw meaty bones okay there's a pretty fair chance they're going to throw half them back up again because yep. they're all come out the other end, the other end. yeah i mean this because their stomach's not used to you know producing enough acid potentially to digest that yep. all at once and and they're they're gut microbacteria aren't used to mm-hmm. um, that sort of um, yeah that sort of because you're changing their diet well, that's um, it it's logically it's how you would change any part of their diet mm. you're going to do it gradually um, yeah well just uh, just through increasing exposure over yep. time yeah um, and look there's a theory that um, pets that have like a raw food diet or they're eating plenty of um, raw meaty bones consistently have got a a higher um, stomach acid mm-hmm. um, concentration, science, and that's a little bit, a little bit sketchy. Mm-hmm. But same as a lot of things in the veterinary world, yeah. there's not necessarily science to prove lots yeah. of stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely, if you're introducing bones, I mean, probably you know a small amount or mm-hmm. giving the bone to them for a, a short amount of time, and then pick it up and then give it to them for longer the next time you feed it, that sort of thing. Um, there would probably be a reasonable. Um, a situation where you okay if i'm going to start feeding you know chicken bones okay do they how do they go on just chicken meat yep you know um, a small amount of raw chicken meat because is that some dogs don't tolerate certain types of Meat, do they? Yeah, and that's, you know, everyone's different. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you're changing from anything to anything else, sometimes yeah. you'll, you'll have a, you'll have a stomach upset. So, um, that would be, you know, just doing it in a stepwise manner, particularly yeah. if you've got a dog that, you know, they've had stomach upsets before when you yeah. change from one food to another food. Um, that would be, you know, a pertinent thing to do to just ease them into it, sort of thing. Yeah. What about with our bones? Um, the chance of bacteria and, um, passing on some form of, bacterial infection to yep. a dog from what they eat look, because it, it's raw. It's raw, yep. Look, it's a possibility. Um, I mean, they're more equipped um, biologically to deal with bacterial loads is a theory because, I mean, dogs... They're designed to eat manky dead stuff off the side of the road. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're not... Um, I mean, again, our dogs aren't wolves um, and they have evolved alongside yep. human beings. Um, genetically, there's been a few little adaptions that have been made over the mm-hmm. 30 to 50 to 100,000 years that dogs have been in close proximity to people. Um, you still don't see dogs in the wild um, stoking the fire and cooking their <laughs> cooking their meat and making sure it's bacteria free right, sort of thing. Right. Um, they don't go for well done. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know they're, they're better prepared for that. And again, it's oh. through you know through exposure. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, if you're feeding you know raw meaty bones, I would only feed raw meaty bones that would be suitable. If I was going to cook a bone and eat it myself, I'd be happy to. So I mean, if it's going green in the fridge, oh, yes, or if it's been sitting on the bench for you know two days, okay. I would not recommend feeding that to my dog. Um, so then on that, if 
you haven't, if you've given your dog bone, like a lot of people give their dog a big bone when they're going on holidays or something, and it's yeah. that back out for two days. Yeah. Is that okay? No. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that A supervision. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, a big meaty bone that sits in the yard two days, well, they've probably already chewed all the soft stuff off and mm. they've got the hard stuff exposed yeah. and that's what's going to potentially break their teeth. So yeah. it's wrong on that front. Yeah. Um, and it's wrong on the front of, okay, you know, if it sits there in the sun for two days, if it had, you know, 50 salmonella bugs on it yeah. when you took it out of the fridge. Um, it's now got a lot more than 50 mm-hmm. salmonella bugs on it. So, um, you know, food poisoning is a potential problem and, um, the, the more likely that is to happen because of how you treat the bone essentially. Mm-hmm. So, you know, most bones, um, are probably frozen when you get them. Yes. Um, and freezing. Or we freeze them when we get them, I guess. Or we freeze them when we get them. Um, I mean, I get mine in sort of fresh bulk and, and, Break them up yeah. into, um, yeah, the, however many I need for the day, sort of thing. Um, and so, then, Dr. Glenn's dogs and cats get bones every day, don't they? Uh, most days, yeah, yep. Yeah. And um, I mean, again, it varies the amount and the size yeah, and that yeah, sort of thing. And, and some of them are more recreational, and some of them disappear yeah. in five, ten minutes, sort of thing. <laughs> um, but you know, freezing on a parasite level, I mean, that's mm-hmm. another thing to think about. And again, depends on your source of your bones. If you're going for um, you know, human grade bones from human facilities, um, the parasite control measures and inspection process should yes. have been a lot more stringent for they've those. Been handled a lot better. They've been handled, hopefully. but the, but there's better inspection. Like uh-huh. there's um, there's uh, Rules. Rules as far as the, you know, the, the carcasses, okay, do they appear to be free of parasites yeah. and cysts and that sort of thing? Um, but freezing bones for two weeks basically kills any, um, um, parasite eggs, uh-huh. um, including, um, tapeworm eggs and hot added tapeworms, which is, you know, the one that you don't want to get, no. essentially. Um, you don't want your dog to get them, but you don't want to get hot added cysts either. Um, and so, so freezing is probably a good idea. And on the bacterial front, you know, just treat them like you'd treat meat for yourself. If uh-huh. you're going to feed a bone tomorrow and it's frozen, okay, put it in the fridge last night, yeah. um, and have it, you know, defrosting in the fridge, not sitting on the bench for yeah. overnight or for 10 hours or whatever. Um, and then, you know, bring it out of the fridge and you can, you know, sit on the bench for, an hour while it warms yeah. up a little bit to make it a little bit more appetizing. But yep. yeah, I, I don't like feeding frozen bones. Um, it makes them a bit harder. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. Um, I mean, frozen chicken frames and stuff like that, mm. you know, they're probably reasonably soft anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I'd recommend thawing them out essentially yep. just in the fridge. Um, and obviously, uh, if there's anything left after a couple of hours, pick it up and throw it away. And it would be a good idea. So we don't want to be leaving it out in the yard. And I guess they bury it. Well, I know my dogs used to bury them. Oh, absolutely. When I was a kid. Yeah. So try and find it. Yeah, try and find it. Or give it somewhere where you know you're going to be able to locate yeah. it. So, a, you know, a pen or on the veranda or if you're an inside dog, you know, mm. stick it on a bit of newspaper or, you know, yeah. some people um, take it. Which they then drag to under the bed, I might mention. Yeah. Um, so, or, <laughs> you know, take the bedding out of your crate so you've got the, you yeah. know, if they're crate trained, you can make the crate a happier place to be by, okay, yeah. you've got it in your crate and, and you've just got the, the tray bit of the crate so it's easier yeah. to give a wipe out sort of thing because, yeah, my chicken um, wing and chicken neck eating cats, um, they make a pretty good greasy mess out mm, on the, on the veranda, do. which is the spot where they're going to get it. And so you just, you know, spray it down, mop it down um, yeah. after they're finished and, and clean it all up yeah. um, because you've, yeah, you've got to be mindful that, um, you know, you're handling raw meat that you're then not um, cooking. So yes. um, as far as your kitchen hygiene goes, I mean, just the usual um, preparation for the same as you know, dealing with raw chicken, it's, mm, it's make, make sure everything's, you know, 
clean down with yes. warm water and disinfectant and, and wash your hands 20 seconds yeah. um, you know, post with some um, soapy water, etc. Yeah. yeah, so just be mindful of that. But just it's like really, human yeah, it's really no different to how you, if you've, if you're preparing raw chicken yourself to yep. cook for yourself, um, you know, your cutting board and knives and, and mm-hmm. sink and all that sort of thing needs to be, you know, just cleaned appropriately. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing, you know, there's nothing toxic there. It's no. just, um, you need to be mindful that it's not, it's not sterile. That's right. Uh, and that's part of the idea of it. I mean, there's the, the meats, uh, and there's the bone. Purpose. It's yeah. it's you know it's got its own um, normal enzyme function mm-hmm. and, and there's you know some bacterial population there that um, is potentially yeah positive yeah mm-hmm. and there's things that feed good bacteria and um, over the next five to ten years I mean the, it's already happening but certainly the gut biome and mm-hmm. the, and the type of bacteria that's in your gut and in your pet gut is going to become um, more prominent, I think, um, mm-hmm. as far as in our minds of what can we do to promote healthy gut function because it's it's certainly the, the window to everything else and can yeah. affect lots of other stuff in the body. Yeah. yeah. So um, I guess I really need to discuss that um, bone selection yep. is probably the biggest thing that you need to be aware of when you're picking. Going to feed you, start feeding your dog's bone or cat. What are you going to feed them and the size and what type? It's yeah. really, really important, isn't it? Yeah, and again, it depends on the size of your dog. Because yeah. um, the cats, you could sort of, as I said, lump into the um, yeah, the, the same boat as far yeah. as um, you know, raw chicken necks, raw chicken wings, pieces of raw chicken frame, mm-hmm. um, you know, smaller um, lamb or pork bones. There's not mm-hmm. many beef bones that would be suitable. Now you bang your chickens. Wings and stuff. Don't yeah, you? You I, smack um, them a bit. Just beat them up and break them up yeah. a little bit. Um, my cats are pretty good at eating them now, um, but it just breaks up the bone and makes it easier for them to crunch up. Essentially, yeah. So is that necessary, or you just do it because you've got depends on depends on how robustly they can yep. chew them up. But yeah, it's mostly for the old boy probably now because yep. they're all um, eating their. Um, raw meaty bones pretty well yeah. Um, but yeah the old boy hasn't got enough teeth to, to chew up the bones yep. that well so I beat it up for him yep. um, and so that's sort of the main selection for the cat side yep. of things Look, dogs, it, yeah, it really depends on, you know, from, from the smallest, uh, I mean, there's, you know, again, chicken necks and chicken wings and chicken frames, um, with the very small caveat of, um, we did it in a podcast. Can't yes. remember what podcast it was. Um, there's an autoimmune disease, um, called polyridiculin. It was only a few ago. Polyridiculin neuritis. Yeah, with their food. Yeah, which, um, is potentially linked with, um, a camp- Campylobacter, a particular bacteria that can be harboured in chickens. So, look, it's a, a theoretical risk that you've got to sort of got to weigh up. Basically, my pets still, my dogs still get raw chicken necks mm-hmm. and wings and, and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, it's just something to keep so that one back just, in your mind. If you can, jump on and have a listen to the podcast. It was only a few ago, but yeah. I think it was called um, "Is What I Feed My Pet Killing Them." Or yes. Some? think along those lines but jump on and have a listen because it does actually explain this yeah and again same as most things we talk about it's complicated it is complicated so yeah jump on and have a listen to that if you've got time so you know your your smaller dog selection is you know the chicken bones or um your smaller you know um, again, lamb or pork rib bones, mm-hmm. that sort of size bones. Um, the you know medium-sized dogs, as far as bones that they can chew up. Again, all the chicken bits and pieces, but your um, beef brisket bones and, and lamb brisket bones and lamb um, shoulder blades and that sort of thing tend to be relatively softer bone. Um, so is this group of bones these smaller ones? So this is the, the nutritional, nutritional bones. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that right. they can that they can chew. Um, 
All up or, or nearly all up, so basically, within, within an hour or two. The nutritional ones are the ones that they basically eat the whole thing. Yeah, eat the yeah. whole thing, yeah. Um, and then you move through to, you know, the slightly bigger bones like your, you know, chicken drumsticks, sorry, um, turkey drumsticks mm-hmm. and turkey wings. They're getting, you know, a fair bit bigger. Lamb shanks are a fair bit more robust. But um, they're all right for those bigger dogs. But they're all right for, yep. you know, medium to bigger dogs, yep. yeah. Um, and then, you know, a few more exotic things coming on the market now, like you can get chicken feet and duck feet yeah, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> You can get, um, tr- you know, different bits of offal like tr- um, lamb trachea and cattle trachea, mm. um, which is cartilaginous and pretty chewy. Um, so that's um, they like that sort of things. Mm. Uh, and really- more exotic things. I mean, there's plenty of rue bones and, you know, rue yeah. tail, kangaroo tails, you know, you quite. Had, um, neck, you? had some emu neck the other mm. day, um, which yeah. is, you know, pretty meaty and, and not super hard bone. So it's soft enough that they can, that they can chew up on um, some crocodile tail. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of different choices out there now. Um, and again, it's really, if you're using it for, you know, cleaning your dog's teeth, it's about varying that bone mm-hmm. source to some extent. So they're, they're using different parts of their mouths yep. as well that yeah makes sense, which yeah. makes sense and, and you know recreational bones those ones that they can chew on for a little bit and there's going to be something left and yes part of it is too hard for their teeth you know for most dogs most of the time um it's fine and again it's being you know probably don't launch into them first off and, yep. and be um guided by you know how your dog treats you know the other bones yep. sort of thing but i'd always recommend you know being around and supervising them when they're chewing on them because if they get a bit of bone stuck well it's, it's yep. not a big deal most of the time um and out, yeah. get it out and you can pick up those bones and, and chuff yep. it off yeah i've currently got one adult dog and two puppies um at the moment yep. we've got puppy pens and that sort of thing but um plan is probably moving forward as they get older the, the puppies that we're just going to have three puppy pens outside on the lawn and it's just okay they're just going to be sort of set up and okay that's the the bone chewing spot it's sort of thing so ball. okay yeah. you, you're in there for the next hour and a half two hours however mm-hmm. long it takes to eat whatever you've got and then you can come back out so they're separate and and um, everyone's happy and and there's yeah. no you know altercations well, or anything I like mean, that you've got a little jack russell compared to a yeah, to, to do Dalmatians, yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's, and, and he, you know, the little Jack Russells, he's getting, you know, some different bones and yeah. some of the same bones and some different bones to, to what yeah. the other guys are getting just on a, on a pure size basis, yeah. So, say I was just about to start, I'm like, yeah, okay, let's go start feeding our dogs some bone. Um, I know that you can go to Woolies and Coles and you can get a bag of, I think it's briskets and bits of ribs and stuff. Depends, yeah. I mean, there's... Something like that a good start? Um... <laughs> Depends. Um, I mean, a lot of the chopped up bones in your big chain supermarkets tend to be like those pieces of the really hard bones, like mm, your soup yes. bones and marrow bones, which probably aren't the best place to start, yep. probably. Um, so, you know, the gateway drugs of, of the smaller bones that are more digestible um, and, 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 and supervise as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, probably do it. And again, be guided by the type of dog that, yeah. that you've got. Uh, I mean, sometimes it might be the opposite. Like if you've got a ravenous gulper that's just going to really go hard on stuff, or maybe it is start with a, you know, a bigger bone mm-hmm. that they can't just attempt to swallow. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's, okay, I'm going to hang on onto this end of this yep. bone um, while you gnaw on the other end of yep. it sort of thing. So, I mean, just, yeah, there's, there's a number of different ways you can do it. But um, starting off with something that they can digest and probably not a large amount of it essentially. And, and yes. that might mean, you know, if it's a bigger bone you're starting with, well, okay, you're only going to have it for 10 or 15 minutes and then I'm going to swap it out for something else that so you like. on that, if they've had it for 10 or 15 minutes, do I wrap it back up and put it in the fridge? Um, no, chuck away. It's going to be gone. Yeah, chuck away because it's, you know, again, you wouldn't – do that for yourself 
No, leave, leave, it, leave it on the bench and roll around the ground yeah. and then stick it back in the fridge for the next day. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd, I'd throw that away. And that's just going to be part of that transition process, mm-hmm. like, you know, um, inverted um, commas, you know, waste some stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's all part of the learning process. And yeah. would you start on a daily bone basis or do you think once a week to start with? It just or? depends. I mean, if you're not doing anything, I mean, once a week's better than nuts. Yep. Yeah. Um, but again, like I'd think about whatever bones you, you, you're giving. I mean, if you if particularly if they're a pet that's had a few stomach upset troubles before, mm-hmm. Or just give if they're on a you know if they're not eating any meat now, yep. okay, give them a you know small selection of if you're going to feed them you know beef bones, mm-hmm. okay, give them a bit of raw beef okay. um, and you know introduce that in the diet and see how they tolerate just the beef without any you know bones in it. And obviously, if just beef causes a problem, well, no beef, beef, bones. beef bones are probably going to cause a problem yep. as well. And that might be just introducing you know increasing amounts of it and as part of any sort of dietary change. But you know if you're already on you know a, a you know a raw um, blended food that isn't mm-hmm. bones well you know the, your dog's already used to digesting you know yeah. the actual raw meaty stuff um it, it's just the bone component's going to change yeah know? yeah sorry there's a, a lot to think about i guess and it's not as easy as saying okay this dog can have this one like <laughs> yeah it's, it's not and you know for me there's the potential benefits sort of outweigh the you know the potential mm-hmm. risks and, and there are you know, most of those risks can be mitigated with some um, with some forethought and um, and a bit of planning. Realistically, I should also mention that um, the dogs' you, pets' teeth can actually the gums can actually bleed a little bit from mm. when they're chewing a bone. So don't panic. Absolutely, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong. It, it, it'll stop. It, you know, it's yeah. just there for a little bit, but it's good. Yeah, I mean they're very the the mouths and the gums. I mean it's a very vascular area. Yeah. So yeah, if you look at um, yeah any dogs or cats' mouth that they've been chewing on yep. bones actively, they'll have all these little you know cuts on the gums mm. and and there's a um, gingival sulcus, which is a little um, gap in between. There should be um, two or three millimeters of gum that hangs over the tooth that's mm-hmm. sort of not attached to anything. It's just like a little you guard. Push it up. Yeah, so yeah. it's a little guard yeah. bit. I mean that's going to be cut in multiple spots yeah. potentially, um, which the dog didn't care about because it was just hooking, hooking in the bone yeah. and, and, and was happy and, and there might be some bleeding from that but you look at it the next day and it's healed and it's back to yeah. normal and the teeth are nice and clean and, it, and it's looking right. good. So yeah. keep that in mind. It's not a reason to stop feeding them and not no. a reason to panic. Yeah. It, it will... It will probably happen. That's right. Yeah, but it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, most people, you brush your teeth hard enough, you yeah. you know, there's some bleeding there. Yeah. So it's you know, you, you've it's that trade off between you know having yeah. something that's mechanically cleaning enough to clean the teeth and clean underneath that gingival yeah. sulcus. I mean, that's you want the bone scraping up in there to to get right up to where the little ligament is. Um, yeah. That uh, is the only way that you, you're mechanically cleaning that off. And which is uh, that's the best comparison. It's the same as us eating, uh, us brushing our teeth, um, giving a dog a bonus then brushing their teeth that's right it is, it is the dog's toothbrush yeah and hmm. um, trust me it's better than sitting there trying to brush their teeth <laughs> yes <laughs> which is a doable thing it and, is doable and, and it's some pets like it and some people um have got the inclination to do it um and sometimes unfortunately the people of the inclination to do it but the dog, yeah, the dog can't be trained to like it or vice versa <laughs> um look and, and that's the thing like, there's lots of different options out there i mean we're just saying you know raw meaty bones are um they're not the devil um, no, and, right. and used appropriately i think they're a very important and healthy part of most pets um Don't. you know diet and, and lifestyle yeah. essentially um if you've got a pet on veterinary advice that you know can't or shouldn't be having those uh-huh. things you know there is other options as far as the the, the dental treats and, and dental ad and you know all sorts of things um, that are available now that c- can certainly help, um, but yeah, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, good, wouldn't yeah. discount the bones just because um, someone said or um, that bones are terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the biggest rule, guys, is 
Raw. Yeah. They must be raw bones. Never cooked. No cooked. Yep. And make sure that the dogs don't have access to the rubbish bin to get those cooked bones out because yes. they will. Yeah, because, I mean, cooked bones are indigestible and, and I've seen, um, you know, multiple perforated bowels from, mm. from eating cooked bones and, and certainly, yeah. you know, yeah, they, you know, give the dog a T-bone. And there's lots of dogs that have got away with eating the yes, rice bone for 20 years so and it's been fine. But I've seen some horrendous constipation cases and all sorts of things. Dog, yeah. when I was a kid had it. Had a chicken bone, he'd gone into the bin and ate the whole chicken carcass, yep. and yeah, he had a chicken bone stuck across yep. his backside. It yep. Was, yep. Yeah, they try and come out the other end the same way they went in, which that's is right. not very comfortable and most of the time. That's a good point, actually. That's why it's got to be raw because they um, a cooked bone can't be digested. Yeah, the, whatever they, whatever bits they chew off um, yes. or, or swallow is the way it tries to come out the other end. It's yeah. um, and it's because when you put something through the cooking process, it changes the way that that protein. Yeah, cha- cha- changes the protein matrix because, yeah, bones aren't just minerals. They're, they're held yes. together with this protein matrix mm. structure um, and it becomes indigestible. So that is why, guys, that you can't feed a cooked bone. Yeah. But raw, yes, definitely. Yeah, need to. definitely most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. But, of course, if you have any questions, you're not sure what size bone, what type of bone, talk to your vet because they know your dog. So yeah. they'll be able to help you and guide you in that. Correct. And I think at some point we need to cover teeth. Dental health. Yep. So they're really important. Yep. But no, look, I, I like bones. <laughs> Glenn likes bones. Yep. He's, yeah, he's become a bit of a bone expert. I'll share some videos of him preparing his bones for his dogs yep. and cats. But thank you for joining us. I think we covered that. Yep. Okay. We have, will catch you next time. Have a good week, guys. Thank you. Bye. See ya.